So at the time I am recording this, it is the day before ADHD Awareness Month, which is officially the next day, which is October 1st. And so for ADHD Awareness Month, I would pretty much like to talk about how I live my daily life as someone with ADHD. Now, a lot of people know that I have ADHD. I've said it plenty of times. My last episode was about basically what like living with ADHD is. But I also want to go into more in-depth about it. This one is going to be more about not just me, but everybody that has ADHD. So for one thing is, this one's pretty pretty funny if you think about it. One moment we brag about how we can remember something from maybe like 10 years ago. Like, hey, I saw a movie with my family, I don't know, at this old movie theater called the AMC 6. And I was like, hey, I remember seeing the Pirates of the Caribbean movie there. But then if somebody asked me, hey, what did you do yesterday in the morning? Did you? What did you have for breakfast? I, I can't tell you what I had for breakfast. I couldn't even remember what time I woke up in the morning. You're going to ask me to remember what I had for breakfast? Like, we have a very bad short-term memory. Like, sometimes if I ever meet somebody, say they tell me their name. Five seconds later, I forget what their name is. I'll never forget, I met one of my teammates when I was a freshman. And this guy, this guy was a freshman too. And I said, hey, what's your name? He says, hi, my name is Sam. And I said, cool, nice to meet you. Uh, immediately came off my mind. He literally just said his name. It was just terrible. It was embarrassing for me. Another thing, is, especially this happens a lot in school, we fidget a lot. In class, if it's a very, very dull topic, like say we're learning about, I don't know, something, something that has to do with, something that's like a three hour lecture, that is completely boring. I can't, I can't come up with anything right now, but Imagine you're in a three-hour lecture. Three-hour lecture on something that is just utterly boring. The person's talking just like this. We're going to learn about physics today. I'm just sitting there and I'm like closing my eyes. And my feet are tapping. Like I got to get the fuck out of here. Because my brain needs stimulation. We lack dopamine. Us people with ADHD have less dopamine than the average brain. And we constantly, constantly need something that interests us to get our brains moving and to keep us happy. But our brain is always thinking. And if you're just going to sit through a three-hour lecture or something boring, we're just thinking of the worst. We're thinking, can this guy just shut the... Uh, <laughs> like, just stop. Please. Just Please. That leads me to my next point is I would easily doze off. Sometimes in class, I I won't even try. Like I do my best to get good grades. I do my best to get to class. I've organized myself enough to where I go to class early now. I used to be going to classes late because I, it's not because I didn't want to didn't want to go. I mean, who really loves class? Depending on depending on the, the person that you are, depending on the class, do you really want to go to class? Is school really that great? That, that's another topic. But anyway, I would show up late just because my brain's not thinking yet. My brain's thinking, oh, 
all right, I'm just going to relax. And, oh, shit, I got class. Now, what I did to change all that on Google Calendar, yes, I have an Android phone. <laughs> Laugh all you want. Um, I have reminders for every time I have class. So my three classes on Monday and Wednesday, my two classes on Tuesday, and my one class on Thursday. And I have a reminder set for each day until the end of semester, which is December 16th. And every half hour before the class starts, it reminds me, hey, you have this class to go to, and it tells me what time I have to be there because I have the location set of where each class is. It'll say, hey, if I'm at my apartment, which is like, I don't know, five minutes away from school, it'll say, hey, if you want to avoid traffic, beat the traffic, leave at this time. Get there, and you can actually get there early. Just so I, you know, don't forget. Because I almost had a time where I thought I was going to miss class because I left too late. But I got there with time to spare, and I was like, whew. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I have a bunch of stuff written down here about about problems <laughs> with me. So I'm, I'm just trying to pick and choose. Uh, one thing is we have um, we have a bad time with organization and cleanliness. Not saying I'm unhygienic. Not saying I stink like a bull. But by un by lack of cleanliness, it's like, you know, my clothes aren't folded right. Sometimes paper's all over the place, uh, scrambled everywhere. But with me, I've learned to break that habit. Sometimes my clothes do end up unfolded. They end up looking like they were just thrown out of the wash and just crumpled up into a, into a ball. But the one thing that I have learned to break is the unorganized. Where I sit right now at my desk, I have every day of the week written up. I have a calendar next to me and sticky notes, which I just said. I just said, see, I already forgot what I said two seconds ago. But anyway, on those sticky notes is every day of the week, like I said before. And I wrote down every assignment and even race day. Like on Saturday, I race at this place called Rose Tree Park. I have it written down. Sunday, reminder, do homework. And to go to Mass at 11 a.m. if I have time for that, which Lord knows if that ever happens sometimes. Sometimes I get there last second, but that's a different story. But a lot of people like us have a problem with organizing stuff. They're, like I have my one friend that tells me, hey, how do you even know when to do an assignment? Like he, he forgets the day before about an assignment that was due the night before. And I'm like, well, I have it written down everywhere I go. Like I have it everywhere I see on this calendar. I have the assignments written on the sticky notes above me. I have the notes written on another calendar. I have the assignments written. I have the calendar on canvas that's written. I have sometimes reminders on my phone, which I don't think I updated. Reminds me, I have to probably do that later of all my assignments. But yeah, that's one thing that we tend to lack is organization and time management too. But time management is something that I've been slowly trying to gain, especially with sports, which is also another challenge for us. Because sometimes our brain says, hey, 
you're one of the you're the best at this sport you're gonna do great at this sport next thing you know your brain's like oh my god how the f- did you end up in this sport how did you end up even getting here like when i would play travel travel hockey whether it was ice or or deck hockey there were games where i felt like i would kick everyone's ass where like i was like a an animal that got loose like a wild animal i would just run around and look like i like snorted crack <laughs> and then there's other games where i just feel like why am i even on the travel team why am i even here like one bad game would completely destroy my life in relation to cross country a, a really good race is the highest motivator for any athlete but one bad race some people look at it and say hey i'm going to bounce back the next race sometimes for me it's damn you blow like you are terrible i i take it to the extreme games races bad assignments like i'm not going to go into explicit details but there isn't there was something i had this morning and i didn't do very good on and i'm immediately in panic mode because you know i saw what my my grade was in a class i was like oh this is not good but i did email email my professor and that should change by the end of the week hopefully by this weekend um okay another thing is we sometimes tend to not think before we speak like we'll just say things what comes to mind in a split second not even thinking about repercussions so like usually with teammates you know you're always out busting each other's chops and saying stuff like you know making fun of who they're dating, making fun of, you know, what they do in their personal life. Like, I get my balls broken because I'm Italian. I get my balls broken because um, I have this, this podcast. But sometimes I, like, I take offense to it sometimes. Not really, but I sometimes see it as like, you know, okay, that's enough. But I will say something, like, that's, like, maybe cross the line a little. Like, I'm not going to give exact details, but, like, the one one guy, um, they were saying, like, you know, like, how he doesn't sometimes think what he does. Like, sometimes he'll just act, he'll just act, and I'm like, well, first off, that would be me. <laughs> bad, bad joke. Um, they'd be like, you know, this kid really doesn't think, and he just does weird stuff, and I'm like, you know, Maybe he's a little mentally slow. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, don't say that. Like, that's fucked up. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. It is fucked up. Like, I and, and, and it was fine. I didn't even hesitate. Like, I sound like an asshole just saying that. Like, I didn't even think. Sometimes they'll even just, like, if something comes to mind, even if I love the person, I'm still going to say something that's screwed up. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, I, I explained it as best as I could with that. But there are, like, extraneous examples of, like, where, like, I feel like I was, like, about to get, like, slapped in the face. Like, you know, how the f- can you say that? And it's like, well, sorry. I, I, I just, I was just playing along with the jokes, and then I just, I took it one step too far. Uh, What's next? Hmm. Sometimes we get called lazy. 
and I will tell you, my mom says this a lot. My mother says this a lot to me. I love you, mom, but you do say this a lot. And sometimes that too. Sometimes our brains just are just thinking of doing nothing. Like our brains just decide, you know, let's not do anything strenuous. Let's just relax. You've done enough. Just take a break. Sometimes when I'm at home, like at at actual home with my parents, not here at my apartment. Sometimes here too, but it's more at home. I will be on my phone and like, I just sit down. I'm like, all right, if I have something to do, maybe I'll do it later, but I don't want to do it now. Sometimes my mom asks me to do something like, oh, really? Do I have to? My brain just doesn't want to do it. It's not that like I don't have the will to do it. My brain's just telling me, hey, you, you shouldn't be doing anything right now. Just stop. Don't do anything. And I actually end up feeling bad later on when like I have to tell my mom, hey, it's not my it's not me not wanting to help you. It's just I just didn't feel like doing anything. And like she called me lazy. I'm like, well, it's I'm sorry. I didn't want to be lazy. I, of course I want to help my mother out. Sometimes whenever someone asks me to like give them help with something that's like maybe I don't know. Now I gotta think. As if my brain doesn't do that enough. Or doesn't do that enough. Say they need me to get up and help them with, I don't know. Say I'm at a construction site. I don't know where I'm going with this. Say they need a piece of two by four and they need me to grab it for them. And I'm sitting, you know, haven't done anything for a long time. My brain's not stimulated. My brain's just sitting there, you know, calm and at ease. My brain will be like, what the fuck? What did you ask? You want me to get you what? And they're like, oh, you lazy piece of... Why? Why won't you grab it? Why are you so lazy? I'm still going to probably grab it. But... Like, my brain's saying, don't do it. And it's like, sleeping. Mentally. Here's... I'm going to go back to with a, a school example now. This has to do with every assignment. Now, if someone with ADHD is listening to this, you're probably going to scream if, if you're in school. We tend, well, this is what everybody, you tend to find that assignments that are interesting, you tend to get done faster, right? Makes sense, right? With, with our brains, it's not just interesting assignments. It's assignments that can get done in one simple like task where it's like, you know, hey, right, two sentences. If it's something very daunting, we have to do like, I don't know, write three paragraphs, take a picture, do this, where it's in huge chunks where it feels like you're doing six things, but it's just really one thing in one assignment, you're going to be doing it all day. Whereas if it's just, hey, here's multiple choice questions, do five questions. Oh, crap, I'm done in like 10 minutes. Wow, I'm done for the day. Write a 300 page, no, 300 page, oh, Jesus Christ. 300 word response to, I don't know, Sigmund Freud. I don't know why that came into my head, but imagine that. I would literally be, it would take me 
probably about half the day. I'm not kidding. Whereas someone can be done like maybe I don't know two hours, at the most. And you're like, Chris, you're not done. What the hell have you been doing? I was doing it. I was doing the assignment. My brain just does not moving. It's not thinking. It's not doing anything. It just thinks that it's going to take, take way too long. When something feels like it's going to take way too long, which is another point I'm going to go at. Our brain just says, hey, we can't do it. Like say someone tells you, hey, watch this new series, you know. It's like six seasons and like 12 episodes each and like 30 minutes. <laughs> you think I'm going to do all that? I already feel like I'm not in touch with you because you're telling me to watch it, first of all. And two, you expect me to do that? If you even do the math right, there's 30 minutes for 12 episodes. Let's see. I have, I have a time calculator. 12. That's already six hours right there. And then you include six seasons. That's literally a day and a half or two days, two and a half days. If you were to binge the whole thing in one sitting without sleep, you're crazy. My brain will never, never want to do it. And that's like what it's like with an assignment that is in big chunks. Like, you know, Hey, read through, read through this whole five pages and then do like a, like a two page response. Are you kidding me? You really think I'm going to sit there, read every word verbatim, verbatim, word from word, and then write 300 pages in one whole day? Are you crazy? I would need about two weeks just to mentally have my brain set on doing it. Not that I don't want to get it done. I want to get every assignment done on time. I am a big person when it comes to grades. I am huge when it comes to grades. I only care about my grade. Well, that kind of sounds selfish. I care about my grade a lot. And I always want to get my assignments done. But if you expect me to do that, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long time. Like I'm going to be scrambling this doing two days. Like professors have done that where they give you like, you know, a whole five chapters to read, watch three videos and then do like page summaries or B just have you remember all of them. You... Oh boy. That can, that'll bring me, that can probably bring you to my next example of a problem or a struggle. Information retrie uh, retrieval. So picture this picture. You have midterms, which is I think next week. Next week or two weeks, I forget. Imagine you get a huge study guide for midterm. You fill it all out. You study it like for the whole week. And then the day of the midterm, you go in, you've un you remember everything that's on that midterm. You've got it memorized word from word. And, if, and you feel like you're gonna get a hundred. 
Not even like a 90. You feel like you're going to get a 100. Like you remember every single thing. With me and people with ADHD, there are times where if it's like really, really a lot of information, the minute I get to the quiz or exam, boom, gone. Big chunk of it, gone. And then I'm just sitting there my, and I'm profusely sweating. And I'm like internally crying. Like, how did I forget all this? I literally studied every damn day. I studied everything. I did practice problems. I had someone quiz me. And I forgot. And the quiz and exam, whatever it is, is right in front of me. And it's just poof, gone. It's like it evaporated. And then the next day, it's like, oh, I, I remember all of it now. Like, why couldn't my brain remember it when I fucking needed it? Why? Why couldn't my brain retrieve all that information? If you can hear that, that is very loud. That is the TV out in the living room. But anyway, see, I just got distracted. That's another thing. I just, I get easily distracted. Uh, my God, where was I going with it? Why did my brain not remember that information when I needed it? You remembered it for all those days. You studied all those days. And then boom, there's the exam. Bang, gone, poof, out of my head. How's that? Can you explain brain? Can you? No, no, okay. And with that, I can use that as an example today because that happened today. My brain forgot everything on a quiz. And with what happened, my brain completely emotionally shut down. Now, I, 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 like, I internalize my emotions with certain people around because you know sometimes showing emotions shows like a sign of weakness that's like a masculinity thing like you know hey if you're around guys you can't be weak you can't show that like you know you're emotionally inept you you have to show like you're strong but with like other people like best friends like especially female friends i am very emotionally open about how i feel well i guess now i can be emotionally open we tend to be depressed easier, a lot easier. Sometimes too depressed to where things can get very ugly. Like I've pondered some things and I hope to not ever have to go through those things again. But that was one extraneous situation. I haven't, I have like many thoughts about it, but the, those very deep thoughts they, they go away from me after a while. But I cry on the inside a lot sometimes. Whether it be, hey, I miss my girlfriend who's all the way in Florida for another, I think, 91 days. of Today's is 91 days, I think. And then tomorrow will be 90 days officially, so three months. Um, that, that's that being when I go down to Florida. I go down December 30th. 
which that'll make me a little happier. A, school will be done. B, I get to see my girlfriend after all these months. And I get to go back down to Florida for like, I guess since senior trip, but I have never, I haven't been down to my grandparents' house in Davenport since I was 11 with my cousin, uh, Colin, who has ADD, I believe. Yeah, I believe has ADD. Anyway, we seem to have a lot of emotional distress. I've, people have, have told me, hey, why don't you see, you know, a counselor? Today, I figured, you know what? I will do that. I will go see a counselor and see, you know, if I can do anything. I walk all the way to Canbar, which is a building here on campus. And I walked up to the third floor, right above the mail room, which is where they said that it was at. I go there, I read the, the sign, it's virtual. Can I catch a break? Like, what the hell? Anyway, now that it's like online, I don't want to have to like email them and then say, hey, I'm feeling like this. I wanted to tell them in person, hey, I want to just talk to someone real quick about how I'm feeling. I just want some reassurance of my life. I want to be happy again. I want to, you know, let my feelings out. Kind of like what Tony Soprano does with, by the way. Tomorrow is the Many, Many Saints of Newark movie, which I cannot wait for. But anyway, so yeah, I tried today to finally see somebody to talk emotionally with. Like, that's licensed. I've talked to friends. I've talked to my girlfriend about it. Talked to family, I think. Well, at least my mom. About how I am mentally. Sometimes I can be very frail. Sometimes I can, you know, be strong. But I seem to internalize a lot of my own feelings around certain people. Uh, oh, here's one that I skipped over. We have a slower brain development. So typically, I'm pretty sure the average brain fully develops around the age of 24, 25. Our brains develop 30% slower which I'm not a mathematician, but I'm just gonna assume that our brain fully develops when we're like in our 30s. That's my assumption. Like people with, like you can have ADHD when you're an adult. It's actually very prevalent in adults. I'm pretty sure it's more prevalent in adults than it is with kids. I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was like extremely young. Like, I have a bunch of IEP papers for when I had independent studies. Uh, I had people come to, come to my house, and they had to, you know, teach me how to be a social person, how to adapt to society. I had to start school one year late because my mom didn't want to put me in the system. She pretty much, she, if anything, I have to thank my mom for everything. I mean, I can thank my dad for the sports and, you know, helping me with... Well, at least trying to help me learn how money works. I still suck with how money is. But anyway, my mom helped me with all of the mental stuff. She helped me with dealing with tutors, dealing with my pain in the ass as a kid, dealing with me kicking and screaming and breaking things. She got, she basically trained me to be a better person. Obviously, as years go on, I learned to mature. I learned how to understand certain social cues. I still lack some, but I've learned to 
No more social cues. Sometimes I know what to do, like how to act in a certain situation versus another situation. I've learned other things as I've grown up. But my mom helped me when I was really young. She took me to all the tests. She got me all the help, the tutors. She made sure I got into school and was getting the proper education that I needed, seeing certain people, seeing certain counselors, and making sure I was doing my best in school and at home. So if any, but if anything, my mom helped me mature a little quicker. But my brain is still not fully developed. Well, nobody around me is fully developed. But I damn well know that their brains are going to develop a lot quicker than mine. A lot of that has to do with the hyperactivity because, you know, that's what the H and ADHD stands for. Even people with ADD have slower brain development, but I'm pretty sure I'm not 100%. I think with the hyperactivity, that diminishes social cues because you're constantly thinking of stuff that makes your brain move too quickly, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Hence, your brain doesn't always process things fully. Hence, your brain processes slower. I think that's the best way to explain it. I don't know how else to explain it. But we do have the slower developing brains than the average brain. The average brain develops around the age of 24 and 25. See, I'm not very good with like these, an anatomical part of ADHD. I just know from experience that, you know, I, I'm allowed, not allowed, <laughs> am I in school? Yeah, I am in school, technically. I can tell you from personal experience how it is with ADHD. It's sometimes it is the silent killer where there are easy things in life to the average person that seem daunting to us. Education is one. Being able to pay attention in class, we easily doze off. Breezing through an assignment that takes an hour, it takes us five hours. Sitting through a three-hour lecture, we sit through a second lecture, meaning one second. If it's boring, my brain will want to sleep during that. And obviously, some people get bored with a long lecture, understandable. But I'm saying, like, I won't even focus. Like, half the time, I'll just, like, look like I'm paying attention, but I'm not fully retaining information. Like, I literally watched a video, I don't know, maybe, well, it's been, like, 31 minutes. About 40 minutes before I recorded this. About a person pretty much talking about the whole life of patients that have ADHD. Because this guy's a doctor. And I'm sitting there, I'm retaining some information. Next thing you know, I'm cleaning my floor. I'm hanging up my clothes. And then I'm looking. I'm not retaining. I'm literally looking. Like I'm looking through his eyes on the screen. And I'm not retaining information. Like it's bad. 
Our brains sometimes just don't retain information, even if it's right in front of our eyes. So with this, we obviously take medication. With all these things, we take medication. I take Concerta. Oh, jeez. All those people outside. Anyway, with ADHD meds, and this is pretty much every ADHD meds, it doesn't cure ADHD. You can't just cure ADHD. If it, if it was curable, wouldn't there be a decrease in the amount of people that have it? Understandable. Understand it's genetic. Now, I don't know who my family in particular has ADHD that I inherited it from. I don't think my mom does. Maybe my dad has ADD. I think my brother has ADD too, but I don't know. He hasn't been completely like diagnosed by a doctor. I have. I've been diagnosed by doctors saying, hey, yeah, your kid has ADHD. I show all the symptoms, hyperactivity, dosing off, no patience, things I've said already. But you, wouldn't you think that rates would drop if medicine was curable of ADHD? Anyway, that was just a weird thought. But anyway, with ADHD meds comes drastic side effects. For me, at least. Like, I don't get sick. I don't, like, you know have like stomach problems like some people do the most common side effect is lack of appetite when i was really young i never realized how that worked like i just thought i never wanted to eat anything i took a patch i think it was called daytrona and i would eat nothing like food would be literally like in an italian family you're supposed to eat tons of food I would eat the probably bread and probably not even finish that bread. That's how much appetite is diminished from medicine, depending on how strong the medication is. But I was like 90 pounds when I was 15, 90, nine, zero. The average person, I don't know, let's see. What is the average weight of a 15 year old man? The average weight is 105 to 125. So somehow I still managed to be in the close range. For me, I thought that was scary. Like, Like I'm skinny as is from being a runner. I was literally a skeleton. Like you could see my heartbeat. You could see... My bones on my back, which I mean, you still can sometimes like on my shoulder blades, but I mean, you can see like my whole back, like you could actually see the bones of my back. You could see sometimes my elbows would be like sharp as a knife. Like if I were to elbow somebody, I'd probably pluck, pluck their eyes out. I was scarcely thin until I realized, hey, I'm going to not take him when they said, hey, mom. I want to do something for once. Let's not take my medicine for one day. Let's see what happens. Next thing you know, I eat like five portions of food. I eat about five meals in one meal. Mom's like, "What? why haven't you eaten like that for the rest of your life? I don't know. Maybe it was the medicine. 
Next day, I was right. Medicine. It came into my head, it was the medicine. So I saw my doctor, said, hey, is it okay if some days I don't take it? It's like, yeah, you know, if over the summer, you know, you don't have school, if you don't have any like summer assignments. Sometimes if you want to eat, just don't take the medicine. So I did, and that's some, I do that routinely. Right now I didn't take it because I wanted to eat. All I had was one class, which I now, now looking in hindsight, I wish I did because they made it with the on the quiz, but I don't know. That's still brain retention. It, it wouldn't have fixed the fact that I wouldn't retrieve all that information. But anyway, that's beside the point. I don't take them on certain days, like a lot of days, because, you know, I want to, because on days that I take it, for one thing, I am very lazy, very, very lazy. I'll sound like this too. Like I will sound lifeless. And I can go almost a whole day without feeling hungry at all. I may at some point feel like, hey, I need something in my system. But like, I won't eat like a full on breakfast, a full on lunch, a full on dinner and feel completely hungry for the rest of the day. Like I'll have one thing and I'll be good for the rest of the day. Whereas with my medicine, <laughs> I eat like a damn king. I could eat like five bowls of something. I could have about three pounds of pasta. Yes, that's the Italian in me coming out. I could eat about three pounds of it and feel like I could still eat. That's how much of a difference it is with medicine compared to no medicine. But with the medication, sometimes I stay up because my brain just is always on the phone. And, you know, with the blue lights, it keeps you up. Um, I'll just be up restless thinking, oh, why am I going to go to sleep now? I was just up and now it's like, oh, do I really want to? Whereas with no medicine, I drain all my energy and then it's like, okay, now it's time to go to bed. Good night. Uh, let's see, maybe there's, there may be one last thing I can do. All right, so this is a big one. Now, I'm sorry this episode's very long. I know it's probably not much of concern if you don't have ADHD. But like, oh, Chris is talking about ADHD again. Wow. Well, sorry, I like to spread awareness. Anyway, I'm going to talk about sports in ADHD. All right. For one thing, sports help me understand emotions. You know, watching Philadelphia sports, being let down a lot, watching teams do good, learning how to rally behind somebody, learn how to love, learn how to hate a team. That helped me at a young age because I was always, I was always the kid that was made fun of in elementary school for being that weird kid who, oh, oh, look, there's a, there's a kickball field. He's going to run to it and try and be everybody for recess while everyone's just casually walking or jogging. Yes, that's true. I did do that. I would literally make my first priority of recess to beat everybody to where we had to go. Because in recess, we had assigned spots. Like there was the basketball court. There was the soccer field. There was the short kickball field. And then the far baseball field. If it was the far one, I would literally be sprinting. I'd be like, yeah, here I go. Nearby one. No one's beating me. Basketball. I grab the basketball and beat everybody. Now I don't have to beat them. I have to grab a ball too. That's how crazy I was. But anyway. 
So sports taught me emotions. That's one thing. I'm going to make that short and brief. As far as playing sports, and I mentioned this earlier, it is either a winning battle or a losing battle. Now, sometimes my dad harps on me because he's like, oh, you could be the greatest player ever if you ever put your mind to it. I mean, in hindsight, he's right. But it's the mental battle is not easy. It's not easy battling your own psyche. There are days where, like, I walk on the rink. This is that cocky I'm talking about. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a great player. You know, hey, I'm great. You know what? F everybody. I'm the man. Bragging, being so braggadocious about myself. Because, you know, I wanted to feel good about myself. It's not that, like, you know, I'm trying to brag. I act braggadocious just to make myself feel better. Then there's days where it's like, I know somebody is better than me. Like, I treat them as if they're, like, a king and, like, they're on some huge pedestal. Or, like, whenever you finish a race, there's the first, second, and third on the on the stand. And that guy's just sitting there on the stand. And I'm, like, not even on the stand. And when that happens, I play, like, absolute crap. I let that get to me. And I just feel like, whoa. I think now. One thing that was also a problem is whenever a coach would tell me something like like a play to run. Nah, I sound like I'm playing football. And I would do the opposite. And I'd be, and they could be like, why are you not doing this? You're not doing it right. You're not doing this. It's like, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you. It's just I want to try something different. But the one thing that always sucked and it's every coach's job is to, you know, make sure their coaches, their players are doing something right and discipline them is when I would get screamed at, which is common. It's common to get yelled at for doing something wrong in sports. Me, I would make it seem like I'm like the worst. I put all the baggage on my shoulders, all the weight on my shoulders, and I would just flat out fall apart. Sometimes I put the blame on the others just just to band-aid that pain that I felt in my head. Because like I felt like I let everybody down just by doing one thing wrong. Whether it be not hustling to the puck, whether it be not body checking somebody in the boards, whether it be not being backdoor for an open for an open pass and an open goal, or not blocking a shot, or just showing no effort in general. <clears throat> Anytime I get yelled at on the bench, forget about it. Forget about it. My brain's gone. Although, I will say sometimes I did let that yelling actually motivate me. I did let that happen. I did let it happen. I did let those yellings actually make make a fire get lit up my ass. And then I'd be better than this. I'd be like, ha, proved you wrong. That's hockey. And just a lot of times, like, I'd be... The kid that was always hyper, always playing jokes, fake wrestling one guy for one year. I forget, I forget what year it was. I think it was like Beaver Sea Travel, maybe. And like, everyone be like, oh my God, look, Chris and Kevin are wrestling. Oh my God, look at this. And I'd be like, yeah, this is fun. Meanwhile, he's like, it's like he's trying to kill me. <laughs> if I ever meet Kevin Tetral again, I'm going to be like, dude, I'm sorry for ever being a a weirdo to all of you. 
pretty much to everybody that I played travel hockey with. I'm sorry for being that weird kid. I really am. I should have just focused on the sport and made myself better. Instead, like I was the third line guy for travel deck hockey. Like pretty much almost every year I was the, I was in the third line. So I knew my place. I'm not there to like I'm not the greatest guy in the world. But you know, I'm still on a travel team. A very I will say very good travel team. For one year it was really, really, really good. Where we only lost one game and it had to be the final game. If we had won that last game, oh my god, that's that haunts me to this day. But, you know, I didn't really think of myself as the best kid on that team. No, no, I did not. One, in actuality, I was not. But, like, I never really let it motivate me to do better. I just played along as the, you know, the goofy kid. The kid that would always make the jokes, say the funny stuff, mock whenever, like, our coach would say something funny. Yeah. I never really improved my game until I started running cross-country and realizing, hey, you know, I can out... I can... How am I going to say this? I have a lot more endurance than everybody else. I have a drive of all those years of being made fun of. All those years of feeling like I was crap to, you know, shut them up. Which I did. My job. I improved my game and got myself on the second and first line towards the end of my travel street hockey career. In ice hockey, I was always the guy that played the longer shifts because I could pretty much skate laps and not get too tired. I would get, be reminded, all my all my teammates thought I was like superhuman. I'm not superhuman. I'm not God, I'm not Jesus. No one's ever gonna compare to Jesus, no one's gonna compare to God, ever. I would get tired, you know. All right, I don't wanna talk because I'm, I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna brag. But now, I'm in, now with being a cross country college runner, Freshman year was great for me because, you know, new to the sport, like new to running a farther distance in cross country, really, really good freshman team. Like all of us freshmen were like the top guys. All of us freshmen were the top guys. Like we were the, we were the big little dogs. We made noise. And I was like, all right, sweet. I did great freshman year. I'm going to just keep improving. COVID hit. There goes all my motivation. Get hurt, boom. Mentality drops. Performance drops. Now I'm on the upswing, hopefully. I just got back from an injury, which completely destroyed all my mental health. Make me feel like I'm never gonna be able to run good ever again. Like, you know, my times have dipped in each race. I, I thought I was out of it mentally. I completely thought I was out of it. But then I ran a good race last Saturday and coach is like, you're doing great. You're coming back. I was like, yeah, you're, you know what? You, maybe you're right. I am coming back. That extra little boost of like confidence that somebody gives me, I love it. And it helps me feel better. Like if someone gives me praise, like when I always got praised for being the best penalty killer in ice hockey, you know, I grin from cheek to cheek. 
And now it'll give me motivation just to keep doing it again. Like my brain would automatically hardwire on penalty kill to, hey, go on the boards and kill time. Stay there as long as I can, tire the defenseman out, kill the clock. And stay out and prove to everybody, hey, I'm the penalty killer. If somebody in on my cross country team says, hey, you know what? Chris, you are a good runner. No matter if you're hurt, no matter if you look think your times have dipped, you're a good runner. Just to hear it and to hear it from like a unanimous team help, that'll help me immensely. It helps me immensely. Like my one roommate said, hey, Chris, you're coming back. You're doing great. I was like, okay, you know what? You're right. Combine that with coach being happy with me because it's hard. It's kind of hard to please my coach here. That really helped. So it's either the silent killer or the invisible best friend, I call it. Silent killer being, you know, you don't vocally say, hey, I'm feeling like this. You just feel it. Invisible best friend meaning... It's your happiness. It's like you have your best friend, but it just it's just that friend doesn't really exist. But it's like your best friend that's just sitting next to you, always hyping you up, always giving you positive reinforcement everywhere you go. So yeah. It is ADHD Awareness Month. And I thought I would just tell you about how it is living with ADHD in more depth. Because it's not that simple as, oh, this kid's just hyper. Oh, this kid just doesn't pay attention. Oh, this kid just is lazy. Oh, this kid just doesn't care about class. Oh, this kid's just always late. Oh, this kid's just always doing this, always doing that, always doing this, or saying this and saying that. There's reasons behind it. It's our brains. Our brains are not the same. That goes for everybody, but is definitely prevalent with the ADHD brain. We are not the same. We have problems with our heads. Sometimes it's the biggest, the greatest thing in the world. Like if it's something that we love, our brain will just be hyper-focused on it, which is another thing that we have, hyper-focus. Sometimes I hyper-focus, I forget to eat. If you tell me, hey, I want you to do something for the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, I don't know. Go write a, an article about how it is to be a Philadelphia Flyers fan. Boom. Said no less. Say no less. I will do it. I don't care how long it takes. I will do it. And I will love every motherfucking second. Whereas if you tell me, hey, read a five-page book on the... I don't know. That's a good example. A five-page book on the female anatomy. I don't know what the hell. How did that come into my brain? I am not going to read that book. No. I'm not going to read a 10-page book on how... I don't know. You, you get the point. If it's something that's very uninterested, I am not do I'm I'm not gonna feel like doing it. I will not hyper focus. If it's something I love, I will I, I will literally like it's like tunnel vision. 
unless you stare away, you're just focused on that one thing for a lot of time. Anyway, like I said before, it's ADHD Awareness Month. October 1st is the beginning of the first day. The color that I'm going to be wearing is orange, and that is the ADHD Awareness Month color. I don't know if that has anything to do with just people with ADHD, if that's like, you know, with breast cancer, how it's pink, which that's also breast cancer month, which anyone, anyone that's, anyone's listening to this, if any, if you know anybody that has breast cancer or hopefully God forbid you don't actually have breast cancer, I wish you all luck. Whoever it is, I wish for you to fully recover. I hope that you live your best life no matter what happens. And I wish nothing but the best for you. Now, for people with ADHD, I want you to feel like you're understood. Because we often are misunderstood. They just think we're crazy. They just think we say things. They think we just do random things. They think we sometimes just don't care. It's not true. It's not true. We are are emotionally unstable sometimes. We just have a bad brain function. We lack dopamine. We are not good with retaining information quickly, just like that. A snap of the finger. Anyway, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen to the whole thing, thank you very much. Because there's not a lot of people that listen to this. People think, oh, well, you post it to all your friends. They got to listen to it. It's not true. Whoever, whoever it is that listens to this and fully understands it and fully grasps it, I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you understand now more about people with ADHD, including myself, whoever you know that has it, let them feel understood. Warm up yourself to them. Let them know that, hey, it's okay if you do certain things, if you say certain things, if you act a certain way, if you feel upset. If you're having mental health issues, speak out to somebody. Don't be like me and internalize it. Talk to somebody. Find somebody. Speak to somebody. Write down what you feel. Don't hide. I'm breaking out of that now. I'm trying to find a way where I can tell somebody how I personally feel about myself and need help. I'm doing my best to do it. But I tend to have that imposter syndrome, which is another thing where I'm afraid that if I tell somebody, I feel like I'm a failure. It's like getting a job and you get and you don't get accepted. You feel like an immediate failure. And you feel like you're not going to get any success at all. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your night. And may God bless you all.